It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. show down here.
It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. Hey, good morning, everybody, and happy Halloween. We got a good one in store, and it's uh, kind of a special pop-up edition of the Tom Sumner program, just especially for Halloween. For the last uh, more than a decade, I've been celebrating Schlocktober with Elvira throughout the month of October, and here October is over. It's the last day, and I haven't had a chance to do that, so I thought, what the heck, let's let's revitalize a, a special edition of the Tom Sumner program just for Halloween. And what we're going to do is we're going to dig back into the golden age of radio, courtesy of the Tom Sumner program studio players. You've probably heard uh, these before, but it's going to be all old-time radio. We're going to roll in a few really horrible recordings uh, hosted by... Um, Elvira uh, celebrating Schlocktober, and uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to start out with uh, a Schlocktober send up, if you will, and it's it's what started it all. Um, Jonathan and Darlene Edwards, um, Joe Stafford's uh, persona. She um, she and her husband came up with this duet thing that they would do at parties and it was it was so funny and so silly joe stafford is such a tremendous singer that when she did these these bad takes on tunes um it was really funny and so her friends encouraged her to to record and she and her husband did under the name jonathan and darlene edwards and that's one of the that's that's one of the things. Of course, William Shatner will be hearing some William Shatner, I'm sure, and a few other surprises uh, along the way. But what we're going to do is three hours of old time radio with no commercial interruptions. There'll be little breaks as we go to other segments and so on. But it's it's going to be all old time radio and and celebrating Schlocktober with Elvira without any commercial breaks for three hours that's going to repeat all day and night on halloween starting this morning at 6 a.m ending at midnight and we're going to start out with uh, a, a, a schlocktober selection that is really what what started it all and and then we'll get to william shatner and uh Oh, geez, who else do we have? Uh, um, well, Leonard Nimoy, and um, one of my one of my favorites, uh, Mae West. <laughs> we'll have Mae West and a lot of really fun stuff. But let's uh, let's kick it off with a little salute to Schlocktober while everyone else is celebrating rocktober and shocktober and all of you know oktoberfest and all the things um here's a chance to just this one more time celebrate schlocktober on the tom sumner program Thank you. 
Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner. of the Inner Sanctum, this is your host to welcome you through the squeaking door for another half hour of lovely chills and shudders. Oh, before we begin, I'd like to give you a word of advice. If you should ever walk through a cemetery at midnight and come face to face with a transparent personality floating above a tombstone, don't be frightened. After all, you can see right through them. (laughs) Our story is about a vampire. Where else would you expect to find one if not in a cemetery? In the Vampire State Building? (laughs) I was alone, here in the penthouse, sleeping. The doors leading to the terrace were open. Suddenly, I was awakened by a queer, whirring noise that sounded like the flapping of wings. I opened my eyes. Moonlight filled the room. It was one of those clear, cloudless nights, but the winds moaned and howled like weeping women. Somewhere, a dog howled. I sat up, peered into the green light of the moon. I could see nothing at first. I lay down again. My eyes were half-closed. And I heard it again, the sound of wings beating on the air. I told myself it was nothing, until out of the queer green shadows that surrounded me like a mist, I saw a pair of blood-red eyes close to my face. No, they weren't human eyes. They were rimmed with green, and they glittered like glass in the dark. I looked closer, too frightened to move, too terrified to cry out. The thing that seemed to be flying round my head looked like a bat, but it wasn't a bat. Suddenly, it floated down. I felt soft fur on my neck. Then my throat was pierced with a sharp, terrible pain. I started screaming, let me go, let me go. Richard, where are you? Richard, Richard. Go on, Diana. When I I felt your arms around me... I knew I was safe, Richard, but it was the most horrible dream I ever had. Yes, I know. I know, darling. You were hysterical. What do you think it meant? Why, nothing. Nothing, of course, dear. Everyone has nightmares like that sometime or other. But it was so vivid. I could almost swear it happened just as I told it to you. Now, Diana, do you really believe you've encountered a vampire? I know. It sounds ridiculous, darling. Listen, you're living in New York City on top of an 18-story building. This is 1945, not the Middle Ages. Why, the whole notion is just rubbish. I tried to tell myself it was nonsense, too. But somehow... Oh, Richard, I want to get out of this place. But why? I I don't like this apartment. There's something evil, sinister here. I've always felt it. And listen, listen to that wind. The winds howl around here all the time. 
Well, naturally, it's a penthouse and it catches the winds from the river. Do you hear that? Something flapping on the terrace. That's just the awning, dear. There are always queer noises around here. All the time, and I, I can't bear it being alone here at night. Richard, please, please don't let me stay here alone tonight. I can't stay with you, darling. I've got to get to the theater. I don't want you to go there. Please, let let your understudy take the part tonight. Take me away from here, far, far away where it's warm and there's sunlight. Diana, you don't know what you're saying, dear. I can't give up my part in the show. Uh, of course. Of course. Oh, darling, forgive me. I, Please, I'm, I'm sorry I ever mentioned it. You do forgive me. Don't you, Richard, say you do. Why, of course. You're just upset over this silly dream. I know, I know. I I won't mention it again. You're okay, darling. Well, it's ten to eight. I'd better get going. Would you like to come with me? Yes. No. No. I'm, I'm going to stay here. But if this place frightens you... That's just why I'm going to stay. And alone. I'm going to beat this thing somehow. That's better, darling. Much better. Here. Here's your coat. All right. And you'd better take your scarf. It it feels really chilly. Richard? Hmm? Oh, I said I won't mention it again, but there's one more thing I have to tell you. With the face of that thing in my dream, it was your face. Diana, in the name of heaven! I won't talk of it anymore, I promise you, darling. I, I didn't mean to upset you just before you went to the theater. Just, just kiss me, dear. I'll be all right. Diana. Good night, dear. I'll be waiting when you get back. It was just midnight, two nights later. I was waiting for Richard to come home from the theater. I was going through his desk, just looking for a postage stamp, and I found something that turned my blood to ice. It was a newspaper clipping dated ten years ago. A picture of a man, and under it, the caption, Prominent real estate operator Richard Barker found dead of a sudden stroke. I looked at the picture again. There could be no doubt of it. It was Richard. I read further. The deceased will be buried at Green Lawn Cemetery after services in the Western Funeral Chapel. (gasps) Good evening, Diana. Richard. Well, what's the matter? You seem startled. I I didn't hear you come in. Have you been brooding again? No, Richard, of course not. Well, how do you feel tonight? Not not very well. Weak? Weak. Sleepy. Ill. Well, no wonder. You've been hardly eating a thing. I know that you never catch a wink of sleep. I, I told you, I can't sleep in the daytime as you do. As you do. Why are you staring at me like that? Why? Why do you sleep in the daytime? Well, I've, well, I've been doing it for years. Y- years? What's so terrible about that? Most theatrical people do. We live and work at night. Y- yes. Yes, I know. Really, Diana? What is the matter with you? Do you... Do you think I'm losing my mind? Well, I don't know what to think. Why are you pretending? Pretending what? That you're something other than what you are. Because I know what you are, Richard. Really? 
I found out. This clipping I found in your desk, it it tells how you died. That clipping? <laughs> oh, that! <laughs> Why are you laughing? Well, you see, it's a joke, a gag. One of my pictures was sent to the paper as publicity for a new play, you know? And a drunken typesetter put it in the obituary column. It's quite an amusing story. I don't believe you. You're lying. Listen, you can't go on like this. No! No, don't touch me! You're not well, darling. Take your hands away from me! But I just want to kiss you! No! No, don't! 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 Don't touch me! Diana, where are you going? Out of here! Diana, come back! I'll come back when I've proved something to myself. If Christopher Walken was here on the Tom Sumner show, he'd say that Tom Sumner is one of my close personal friends. The show is good for you. your own chosen speed. I'm not the one you want, babe. I ain't the one you need. You say you're looking for someone never weak but always strong to protect you and defend you whether you're right or wrong. Someone to open each and every door. Uh, but it ain't me, babe. Uh, no, 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 it ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for, babe. Go lightly from the ledge, babe. Go lightly on the ground. I'm not the one you want, babe. I don't let you down. You say you're looking for someone who will promise never to part. Someone to close his eyes for you. Someone to close his heart. Someone who will die for you and more. Ooh, it ain't me, babe. No, no, no. It ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for, babe. Go melt back into the night, babe. Everything inside is made of stone. There's nothing in here moving. Anyway, I'm not alone. You say you're looking for someone who will pick you up each time you fall, to gather flowers constantly and to come each time you call a lover for your life and nothing more. Hey, ain't me, babe. No, 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 it ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for, babe. I want to see the grave of Richard Barker. Who are you? 
Diana Barker, his wife. But it's one in the morning, Mrs. Barker. I know what time it is. I, I I want to see the grave. No one comes at a time like this. Please, will you tell me? Perhaps this will help. Ten dollars? For disturbing you. All right. You take the path in back of my house. Turn to the right. Have you a flashlight? Yes, I brought one from the car. It's only a short way... But it isn't a grave, ma'am. It's, er, sort of a tomb. Thank you. I'll find it. You, you want me to come with you? No. I've troubled you enough. Good night. Good night. Somewhere, an owl was howling, as though warning me not to go on with this insane adventure. But I knew I had to continue. I had to be certain. I followed his directions along the pathway of the cemetery. The moon poked yellow fingers through scudding clouds as though showing me the way. I was frightened, terrified. But I had nothing to fear from the dead. I kept telling myself that to keep my, my courage up. The dead, perhaps they were right. There was nothing to fear from them. But the undead... It was a tomb. The inscription was clear. Here lies Richard Barker, born May 7th, 1890, died September 4th, 1935. There was a lock on the door. It was old and rusty. I'd come this far. I'd made up my mind. I picked up a stone. I smashed the lock. I opened the door. such as one imagines one would see at the end of the world. I turned on the flashlight I took from the car. The coffin was lying in the center of the tomb on an altar. I felt my heart beating wildly like a throbbing drum inside me. The trembling hand I opened the coffin. Down on a ghastly white satin lining. That's all there was in the coffin. There was nothing else. It was empty. I looked up. There was a face staring at me in the shadows of the tomb. It was Richard! Diana, I knew you'd come here. I ran, blindly stumbling, tearing my clothes. Somehow I managed to reach the car. In the car, I knew it wasn't all some dream. People didn't come back from the dead. Did they? Could they? I drove to the city. I wanted to see the lights. People hear music. I I wanted to be sure that this was the world that I'd always known. I tried to think. I I tried to reason. I, I tried to understand what had happened to me. Because I knew something was happening to me. Something that I dreaded. I was becoming like them, like Richard. I felt a strange craving, desires that I didn't dare think of. Excuse me, Mrs. Barker. Oh! Oh. May I sit with you? I, I don't believe I know you. Perhaps not. Does it make any difference? 
Please sit down. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad you came. I'm glad to be talk- able to talk to anyone tonight. I've been watching you for the last ten minutes. You look very strange tonight. Do you know me? They all know each other. We? Yes. You realize you'll be dead soon? Dead? At least, what they call dead. You... you know what's happened? Oh, yes, of course. I've seen it happening for weeks. Your face became paler and paler. It will not be long now. You will become one of us. I don't want to. It's not in your hands. It it isn't true. It, It can't be true. It's quite true. Many of us have gone on for hundreds of years. Those who sustain it become like us. And and I? There is no escape. No. No, I don't believe it. Don't you feel it? Blood, that strange desire. Yes. There, you see? I don't want to. I once tried to fight it too. It's no use. I'm going away. Far away, where, where he can't reach me. I'm going now, where no one can reach me. Waiter, waiter, will you come help me here? There's been an accident. Everything's going to be all right, Diana. Just lie here and rest quietly. You're in your own home. I opened my eyes and saw Claudia, my older sister. (laughs) Never was I so glad to see anyone in all my life. Claudia had always helped me, always advised me. She would know what to do. Do you want something to eat? No, I'm not hungry. But the doctor said you'd have to eat. How did I get here? You collapsed in a cocktail lounge. They brought you home. When? Last night. Now, it's dark out. You've been sleeping almost 24 hours. At the theater, poor boy. He was so worried about you. Was he? Well, he sent for me. I've been with you since last night. Diana, what happened? It's... It's terribly difficult to explain. I... I sometimes think I'm losing my mind. I... I'd be sure that that's what it is if I hadn't found out differently. Well, tell me about it. I I found out Richard is dead. What? He's been dead for ten years. What? What are you talking about? It's true. Claudia, I went to Greenlawn. I saw his tomb. I opened it. And the coffin was empty. Diana. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not insane. He never sleeps at night. Now I, I feel this strange craving. Claudia, don't don't stare like that. Do you know what you're saying? Yes, I know it sounds wild. Fantastic. But I haven't told this to anyone, but it's true. There are things in this world you only think are primitive superstitions. But Claudia, you must believe me. Yes, yes, of course I believe you, dear. We must destroy Richard. I read about those things. We must destroy him by driving a wooden stake through his heart. That's the only way I can escape from him. That's the only way I I can become a human being again. Diana. You'll, you'll help me, Claudia. 
Of course, dear. Haven't I always helped you? But where are you going? Just to fix something to eat. No, no, no. You're going to leave me. You're going to leave me here alone with him. I won't let you do that, Claudia. That, that gun. Where did you get that gun? We've always had one here. Ever since I first told Richard I was afraid of this place. You're not going to leave me now. You're not going to leave me alone, Claudia. I'm not going to let you. Of course not. Get away from that door. If that's what you want. Claudia, come back! No! (sighs) No, you're insane. She was gone. Insane. She was so sure I was insane. She didn't even give me a chance to explain. I was alone in the house. I wanted to sleep. I I wanted to sleep forever and ever. But I I knew if I laid down close to my eyes, I might never open them again. Never open them and see the world as you or I used to. I'd, I'd be something else. I looked at the clock. Almost midnight. Richard would be coming back any minute. I ran to the door. I locked it from the inside with the safety bolt. What to do? What to do? (gasps) Police. I ran to the telephone. Operator. Hello, operator. Get me the police and hurry, please. One moment, please. No hurry, will you? This is a matter of life and death. Hello? Hello? Are you ringing them? Police Department, Sergeant Killery talking. Hello, police. You've got to help me. Yes, what is it, lady? My husband. He's he's going to do something to me tonight. He's going to make me what he is. Uh, what's that, lady? He's been dead for ten years. I saw his empty coffin. That's proof, isn't it? That's evidence. You always want evidence, and there it is. Now do you understand? Well, I'm not sure I do, lady. What's your name? Diana Barker. Well, all right, all right, all right. Now calm down. Tell me where you live. I live... Oh, you think I'm insane, too, don't you? I didn't say you that. I'm crazy, just as Claudia does. If you'll just give me the address, lady... Oh, what's the use? Please, lady. <laughs> no one believes me. I know I'm not insane. I know it. <laughs> and yet... <gasps> what's that? His key. In the lock. Oh, he can't open it. It's bolted from the inside. He's trying to get in. He can't. Not with that bolt. I, I won't open it. I won't. I'll just pretend I don't hear it. I'll cover my ears with my hands and I won't hear it. He can't get in here. If I can keep him out until daylight, I'll be safe. Safe! <laughs> Suddenly the doorbell stopped. I knew he hadn't gone away. I could feel him near me. But he couldn't get in. No, he couldn't get into the penthouse. There was no way to get in unless he came through the terrace. And there was no way to get on the terrace unless he could fly. Fly! Uh, uh, The wind was screaming. When I turned to look at the French doors leading to the terrace, it was impossible. 
open. The wind blew through the house like a cyclone, and there, right at the double doors, stood Richard. Why didn't you let me in? How, how did you get out on the terrace? Never mind. What are you doing with that gun? Don't come near me, Richard. Diana! Go away! Go away and leave me alone! Give me that gun! I'm warning you! No! I'm warning you, Diana. You'd better give it to me. If you take another step toward me, I'll fire! Diana! You see? The bullets... They didn't harm you! No. But I didn't miss! No. It's empty! You see? It didn't do any good. What are you going to do? I'm going to put an end to this once and for all, Diana. An end? And I've prepared for this. I have a knife, you see? Richard! Don't be afraid, Diana. You won't quite die. No! No! Don't! Come here, Diana. No, Richard! No! No! You're making too much trouble while you're alive. Help! Help me, someone! Let go of me! Stop! everything became black. I saw three flashes of lightning. Mrs. Baca. When I, I woke up in the hospital, Inspector, I, I couldn't believe that I was still alive. It seemed like a miracle. You would have been dead if it wasn't for your sister. Claudia? She came back with one of our men. He shot and killed your husband just as he was about to lunge the dagger into you. But how did he get in? He came over the adjoining terrace from the penthouse next door. Just as your husband did. No, Mrs. Barker, your husband didn't fly. But the other things, the picture, the tomb, the empty coffin. All props for an elaborate scheme your husband worked out to murder you. Richard Barker is not an uncommon name. He found a man with the same name that had died ten years ago. He removed the body. He got the whole idea from the dream you told him. But why? To establish that you were insane. He planned to murder you and claim he did it in self-defense to protect himself against an insane woman. But the gun... Filled with blanks. He wanted to get your money, Mrs. Baca. But the way I felt, those strange cravings... You're suffering from anemia. Your doctor told us that. It's not uncommon for anemia sufferers to feel the way you did. I still can't believe it. I, I still feel that he isn't quite dead. I'll relieve that fear right now. His body's in the other room. I think you should see it. Come this way, Mrs. Barker. There. Raise the lid of the coffin, Charlie. Yes, Inspector. What's the matter? looks so lifelike. His lips are so red. 
He looks as though he could move. Get off it any minute. Nonsense. I assure you, he's quite dead, Mrs. Barker. And I can further assure you that the police department has never encountered one authentic vampire in its history. <laughs> you're, you're very reassuring, Inspector. I think I'd better leave now. Don't bother to see me to the door. Goodbye. All right, Charlie, cover him up and have him buried. Okay, Inspector, I... <laughs> what is it, Charlie? Inspector, maybe I'm nuts, but... I I can swear that I saw him move. Oh, nonsense. Close the lid. It's getting dark, Charlie. Sun sure goes down quick these days. I'm going home. Good night, Charlie. Well, friends, do you think Richard is really dead? Now that's something for you to sleep on when you go to bed tonight. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, We have a moral for tonight's story. Yes, it's taken from the diary of Miss Delirium Tremens, who once said, Never marry a vampire. He may turn out to be 500 years old without a social security number to his name. Now, how can a girl have any fun going around with a guy like that? to the inner sanctum for another week. Time to go. But spread the news to all arch criminals that we shall ride again in their pursuit next week. This is no laughing matter for them, my friends, so take your tongue out of your cheek. That's better. (laughs) This remake of The Undead from the Inner Sanctum radio mystery series featured the voices of Rhonda Groves Young as Diana, Randy Zimmerman as the cemetery caretaker, the vampire, and the police inspector. Our own Sean Cantwell played Richard and the Irish cop. Andrew Sutton played Claudia and the operator. The music was borrowed from a recording of Gustav Mahler's Titan Symphony by the Flint Symphony Orchestra. I'm Tom Sumner, host and producer of this special production of Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation on the Tom Sumner Program. Listen for more special productions in the future, and happy Halloween from the Tom Sumner Program and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. fish or fowl, trout or owl, vegetable or human, well gals and guys, 
I'm gonna put you wise. You're looking at a woman. <laughs> I can wash out 44 pairs of pants and have them hanging on the line. I can start your iron two dozen Levi's before you can count from one to nine. Scoop up a great big dipper full of schmaltz from the dripping can. Throw it in the skillet, go out and skin a rabbit and be back before it melts in the pan. Cause I'm a woman. W-O-M-A-N. I'll say it again. Now I can rub and scrub Jethro's boots until they're shining like a dime. Shuck the peas, shoe the fleas, and clean the outhouse at the same time. Get all dressed up. So 4 a.m. and then lay down at 5, jump up at 6, and start all over again. Because I'm a woman. W-O-M-A-N. I'll say it again. Now, if you come to me sickly, you know I'm going to make you well. And if you come to me all hexed up, you know I'm going to break the spell. And if you're hungry, you know I'm going to fill you full of grits. And if you're dry, I'll mix your corn liquor with sauerkraut juice. Ain't that a blitz? (laughs) That kind of a drink, you won't need a rocket to get to the moon. Because I'm a woman. W-O-M-A-N. I'll say it again. A greenback dollar bill from here to kingdom come. Tend the stills, pay my bills, and still end up with some. I got a $20 gold piece to prove what I just said. I can make a dress out of a feed bag, and I can make a man out of jail. Because I'm a woman. W-O-M-A-N. I'll say it again. Because I'm a woman. And that's all. Eat your heart out, Jaja. <laughs> Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickerson. Like most married women, Blanche Bickerson is a romanticist. Having talked poor husband John into taking her on a second honeymoon, three o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson in the lobby of a small hotel at Niagara Falls. Exhausted and bleary-eyed from the long drive, John Bickerson unloads the luggage outside as his wide-awake wife talks to the night clerk. Let's listen. It doesn't really matter about the room as long as we have a nice view of the falls. Yes, ma'am. 
I'll bet you don't remember me. No, ma'am. Well, I wouldn't expect you to with all the honeymoon couples you meet. I was here seven years ago. Is that so? Yes. Well, better luck this time. Oh, we're still married to each other. We're just having a second honeymoon. Do many people do that? No, ma'am. I wonder why. I wouldn't know, ma'am. Are you married? No, ma'am. Arthritis makes me walk this way. Will you please sign the register? Oh, I'm sorry. Last time we were here, we had to wait two days for a room. We stayed in a motel in Buffalo. Oh, here you are. Thank you. Is that Bickerson? Yes. Didn't I sign it right? Yes, ma'am. Mrs. John Bickerson and husband. Here's the key. Room 318. There's the automatic elevator over there. We don't have any bellboys at night. Oh, that's all right. I'll go out to the car and get my husband. John, where is he? He's not in the car. I wonder if he took the luggage out of the trunk. Good heavens! John, get out of that trunk, you darned fool! John, John, John! Blanche, 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 shut the door. There's a draft. Come out of that thing. All right, all right, all right. Don't pull. Ow, my hand! Oh, serves you right. Pick up that luggage and straighten yourself up. Ow. I don't want you to go in that nice hotel looking like a ragamuffin. It's a nice muffin. Um, Grab a couple of these bags, will you, Blanche? No! It wouldn't look right on our honeymoon. Come on! Oh, my back. Where's the bellboy? We don't have any at night. Are you the clerk? Yes, sir. Where's the register? I I want a room with a bed. I've already signed it. You've got a room. Good. Where are you going to sleep? Come on, John. Stop dragging your feet. I just drove 2,000 miles for a second honeymoon. Lead me to my room. You had to talk like that in front of the clerk. Oh, let me sleep, will you, Blanche? I'd just like to go one place with you that you didn't embarrass and humiliate me. You've been unbearable since we left home. Keep going. In here? Yes. Pull the bags in so I can shut the door. No windows? No nothing? How much do they get for this broken-down room? This is the elevator. (laughs) Oh, well, push the button or something and get it started. I can't keep my eyes open another minute. I was afraid this would happen. I'd hoped that going on a second honeymoon would bring us closer together. Can't get much closer than this, unless you throw the luggage out. Every time I want you to be romantic, you're so distant, John. What is keeping us apart? The brown suitcase. What floor are we on? I'm sleepy. You're always sleepy. When you're not sleepy, you're humiliating me. I'll never be able to face that night clerk in the morning. You won't have to. Why not? There'll be a day clerk. Which way is the room? I don't know, and I don't care. I'm going to stay in the elevator. Oh, come on, will you, Blanche? Well, say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Now, where's the room? Right in front of you, 318. Well, open the door before I collapse. Thank heaven. I gotta get some sleep. Well, put the lights on. Don't stumble around in the dark. Don't want to open my eyes. Just aim me at the bed and give me a shove. I'm not gonna let you sleep until you undress properly and unpack the luggage. Oh, Blanche, why'd you have to bring so much stuff? You've got as much stuff as I have. I have not. All I brought was my toothbrush and my overnight bottle. You and that bourbon. You wouldn't take five steps away from home without it. Well, I can still remember 
what happened when we got snowbound in that cabin. That wasn't so terrible. Oh, not much. I had to live for two weeks on nothing but food and water. Don't throw my things around like that. There's no closet. Where shall I put these dresses? In the drawer. Where do you want these drawers? In the dresser. Fold up your pants neatly and put them under the mattress. Okay. Well, take them off first. John, what a fool I was to think you'd change. The second honeymoon was just as big a mistake as our first one. Oh, no, it wasn't. I'm so sorry you made me go on this trip that I could just die. I didn't make you go. You shanghaied me. You even tried to get me to marry you again. Was that such an unreasonable request? Yes, it isn't legal. Why not? A man can't be punished twice for the same crime. Oh, that's too bad about you. How you shame me in front of all my friends. And after I sent the invitations out, too. Well, I wasn't going to have any formal wedding and put out a lot of dough to feed your hungry friends and their squalling brats. There wouldn't have been any brats there at all. How do you know? Because I said plainly on the invitation, Mr. and Mrs. John Bickerson will be married March 9th. No children expected. Put out the lights. I'm never going back to that horrible apartment we live in. I'm going to sit here and stare at the falls forever. Wouldn't hurt you to look at them either, John. I see them every day on the shredded wheat box. How can you be so simple? I'm glad I have a little romance in my soul. Just the sight of those falls brings back memories. Mm, yeah. Sit up, John. Look at that cascade. Doesn't it remind you of something? Yeah. What, John? I think I left the water running in the bathtub. John, you didn't. Okay, I didn't. Good night, Blanche. I never should have trusted you to lock up. Now I'm really worried. Did you close all of the windows? Close the windows. You didn't leave any lights burning, did you? Uh, no. Did you leave food for the cat? Left enough for a week. What did you leave him? A six-pound tin of corned beef. Did you empty it into a plate? No. Well, how do you expect the cat to eat? I left the can opener on top. Stop worrying about the cat. We should have taken all the animals with us. Poor little canary locked in the cage. Cat can't get out of the house. And who is going to feed the goldfish? Oh, I'll bet they're terribly unhappy. Oh, they're not unhappy. They're having a fine vacation. They are not. They are, too. When I left, the cat was fishing. Fishing? Where? In the goldfish bowl. He was using the canary for bait. John Bickerson! Oh, go to sleep. The canary and the goldfish are fine, and I wish the cat would drop dead. Don't talk like that. I love that cat. When I get home, I'm going to enter him in a cat show. What for? He couldn't win anything. Maybe not, but he'd meet a lot of nice cats. Go to sleep, will you, Blanche? I'm not sleepy. Why don't you sit up and talk to me? Blanche, people don't talk at four in the morning. You talked until five o'clock on our first honeymoon. You kept reciting poetry and telling me how beautiful I was. Do you remember what you said, John? No. You told me your love for me was like a raging inferno. You said you had a fierce fire blazing in your breast like a live coal. What happened to it, John? It's only a clinker now. How can you say such terrible things to me? Blanche, I'm so sleepy, I don't know what I'm saying. I'd like to hear you say things like that to Gloria Gooseby. Can't I even go to Niagara Falls without Gloria Gooseby? The only reason you didn't was because she wouldn't have you. What? You proposed to her 15 times before you proposed to me. You big second fiddle, you. I never proposed to Gloria Gooseby, and you know it. And the next time I see her, I'm going to punch her husband, Leo, right in the nose. What have you got against Leo? He's a better husband than you are. I'm sick of hearing 
hearing that, too. Leo Goosby is a cheap, chiseling bum. He is not. He's more generous than you. Would Leo Goosby give you a new dress? No. Would he give you a new hat? No. Would he give you a mink coat? No. Would you give me a mink coat? No. Why should I give you anything? Leo wouldn't. Stop screaming. You'll wake up the whole hotel. Well, stop goading me. You want me to do nothing but fight, fight, fight. No, I don't. All I do is ask for proof you love me, and you go into a tantrum. Blanche, what more proof do you want? I tell it to you a thousand times a day. I raise a new crop of freckles to spell out I love you. I painted it on all the Burma shave signs. Somebody's at the door, John. Honey? 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 Honey! Madam, this is not a beehive. It's my bedroom. What are people wandering around in the halls this time of night? Don't be so crabby. It's probably some nice little bride who can't find her husband. Maybe he's lost. He isn't lost. He's hiding. Put out the lights, will you, Blanche? I've got a vile headache. Nobody told you to yell your brains out. Good night. If you just stand here and look at the falls for a few minutes... Your headache will go away and you'll sleep fine. Where does all that water come from? I once read it goes over at the rate of 346,000 gallons a second. John? Yeah? Are the falls higher on the American side or on the Canadian side? I don't know. I'll have to find out in the morning. What a majestic spectacle. I'm convinced there's nothing in the world like Niagara Falls. Except you, Blanche. Really, John? Why do you say that? Because you never dry up either. Good night, John. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I remember the night Mom was pounding on her drums. She called me to her side. She said, son, you're growing up. Pretty soon you're going to drive. And Daddy heard the commotion and came, came in tap dancing, playing his six-string. And they both looked at me and they said, son, before you get behind the wheel of a car, you listen to me. If you're texting while you steer, don't drive. If you've been drinking beer, don't drive. If you're talking on the phone, don't drive. Your tires are bald and it's starting to snow, don't drive. If your foot can't reach the pedal, don't drive. If you're wearing no apparel, don't drive. If you took an illegal prescription, don't drive. And no one understands your diction, don't drive. Don't Makeup on or shave. You know you're not supposed to do that. Huh. If you gotta do something you're not supposed to do, you can go ahead and step on my blue suede shoes. Ah, go ahead and scuff them up. If you're driving with your knees, don't drive. If while you roll, you eat, don't drive. If you don't know how to drive, don't drive. If you've been psychedelicized. If you're kissing on your boo, don't try. If the boo's kissing on you, don't try. If you've been drinking at a bar, don't try. If there's guns in the car, don't try. Don't groom, don't shave, don't tweeze, don't nurse, don't voice these things in your ears or rummage through your purse. Ugh. 
Don't do that. Huh. If you want something you're not supposed to do, you can go ahead and talk on my food, man, chew. Go ahead, I don't care. Watch me tear. If you feel like a nap. Don't try If there's a pooch on your lap. Oh, it's dangerous and creepy. If you're feeling really wired. If your license is expired. Don't you drive uh, around the town. Something you're not supposed to do You can go ahead and step on my bluesway shoes Scuff them up Then go ahead and pull on my Fu Manchu Yeah If you want to do something You want to do something that's good If you're feeling like any of that stuff Don't drive Make sure you got a clear head Ow 